button. Okay. All right. Uh, and also in this interview, you know, if, if there's at some point where you want to, you feel like you need to like stop and, you know, rephrase something, obviously we can, we can do that, but we'll, we'll try to stay in the flow as much as possible. Alrighty. State Senator Kristen Gonzalez, welcome back to the Independent News Hour on 99.5 FM. Always a pleasure to be here, John. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure, too. So let's uh, dive into this. The Build Public Renewables Act has now been passed by the state Senate. Uh, we'll touch on some of the legislative hurdles that still remain in a few minutes. But first, tell us about the good stuff. What do you see as the defining features of this le legislation? I'm incredibly excited that we were able to pass the Build Public Renewables Act through the Senate this week because it's something that I ran on as, you know, a member of a district that has been deeply affected by climate um, and has suffered at the hands of fossil fuel companies. So if I had to say, you know, or put into a small summary of why BPRA is so significant, it's significant because, yes, it provides a model for publicly owned, publicly operated power and renewable energy, which is great, but it's also a significant victory for all of the people in my district and across the state that have been affected by fossil fuel companies, whether it's through breathing poisoned air, like in Astoria, where we have Asthma Alley, or um, from simply being, you know, near oil spills like Greenpoint in, you know, with Newtown Creek, which has the largest oil spill in the entire country. Um, so it's it's definitely a win for for all New Yorkers um, and feels especially sweet. And and what will it do for uh, ratepayers uh, who have been getting uh, zapped with uh, double digit <laughs> uh, rate increases in recent years from uh, Con Edison? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because this week we had budget hearings. And in addition to passing BPRA, we had a chance to question the commissioner for PSC, which basically controls whether or not Con Ed or um, LIPA or other power authorities across the state can increase their their uh, you know prices for energy. And what we found in that hearing was because fossil fuels are a finite resource, that pr the price of of energy and our bills are going to continue to skyrocket because they're dependent on this finite resource and because of all the geopolitical issues we're seeing today and will continue to see. So BPRA is more than, you know, just giving the New York Power Authority the ability to build its own renewable energy. It's a way that we're going to counter our rising bills and actually begin to bring our bills down. And that is a real win for working New Yorkers. And why? so why does it bring bills down? Is it because once you set up the infrastructure of renewable energy, the wind and the sun and the geothermal uh, the, the price the price yeah becomes it, much lower new, than than digging up and shipping around uh, uh oil and gas yes 100 percent. renewable energy is better for our environment it's cheaper it's better for our wallets and it's what we need to do because we're in a climate crisis and we're not going to see any change until we demand a greener new york and public power and renewable energy is this first step in doing that right and New York has uh, this somewhat overlooked uh, uh, mm -hmm. agency, the, the New York Power Authority, which was right. uh, created by Franklin Roosevelt when he was governor of New York in 1931. And uh, in the post-war era, it built a bunch of hydroelectric dams um, under the guidance of Robert Moses. But it, it's kind of 
uh, just been uh, 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 not really noticed that much, but it's the largest public power authority in the country. And it seems what y'all want to do is like really ramp it up into uh, uh, a renewable energy uh, juggernaut. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's in the context of having passed, uh, basically it's called the CLCPA, um, but it is an act that says that by 2030, the majority of our energy in New York state should come from renewable sources. And, you know, it's 2023 and we were barely at 4%. So the ability for NIPA, like you said, the largest power authority or one of the largest in the entire country to build its own renewable energy and to do that in a way that's publicly owned, publicly operated and accountable to us is significant in achieving that goal and also approaching it with the urgency that we need, given, again, the climate crisis. And, you know, today it's 60 degrees in Albany. So I think there's no denying that the climate crisis is here. We're living it. Right. Uh, I guess the, these warm winters uh, feel like the upside of the climate crisis, but uh, they, uh, they're they very uh, ominous as well. Uh, um, so with the, with the the, this uh with the bpra uh, another feature that's uh interesting is uh it envisions a, a, a sort of a more democratic uh oversight of our uh our power system than what we have now can you describe that a little bit yeah a hundred percent so again we have been depending on you know public private partnerships but private companies to you know help fuel our renewable energy sources and giving the New York Power Authority the ability to build its own is inherently more democratic and accountable because we as the state legislature and the state legislature being accountable to and, you know, for the most part, <laughs> accountable to the people, that's a direct, that's a direct route. Um, but I really, I really appreciated, you know, what you said as well um, in that this is really part of a longer history from when the New York Power Authority was created. So one thing I talked about in my floor speech when it was first, when we passed it this week is, um, you know, the Power Authority Act, what created NIPA was actually passed in the spring of 1931 by Governor, you know, FDR. And in his campaign, he not only, you know, framed the central theme about public power being around like greed, profit, and the you know high cost of energy at the time, but it was about our inability to trust private companies to deliver the energy that we need. And so, just like then, we can't trust them today. And that's why you know the Build Public Renewables Act, um, adding that power to to NIPA, right, is is just so significant and a shift away from you know privatization of our energy, but really putting that back and and saying that power is a public right. We should be able to afford our bills. Honestly, truly keeping the lights on should be a, a human right. And just like housing should be a human right. You know, if housing is a human right, being able to live in a home that has lights on um, that isn't hurting the environment should also be. And so giving giving our, our New York Power Authority that ability to begin building, I think, again, is is more, de more inherently democratic, um, more accountable, and is part of our, our vision for a more you know, democratic socialist future. Right. And speaking of that, I mean, you're now one of three democratic socialists serving in the state Senate. So it, it's no surprise that uh, someone like yourself would support this legislation. But it, it it's interesting that, I mean, 
this isn't about uh, hand, handing out tax breaks to companies to try to get them to do the right thing or improving some regulations, but it, it's about a, a, a really a moving the energy uh, sector in New York into public hands. I mean, this is, uh, you know, pretty socialistic. And I'm, I'm uh, curious kind of what the mood and the attitude of uh, or perspective of your colleagues in the Democratic caucus is. Uh, most of the Democrats in the state Senate do not identify as socialists. So how did they get on board with this? I'd say, you know, it's a combination of factors, but the thing I really want to highlight is the amount of organizing that has gone into the Build Public Renewables Act. This is the result of years of work from activists, from folks who are in frontline communities that are most impacted by climate catastrophes and years of coalition building with labor. So, you know, this is really to the credit of all the activists who have been doing the work. Um, and then that really being seen and felt within Albany, as well as just the undeniable fact that we are in a climate crisis and there is no, there is no, you know, at least here in Albany with, with our democratic conference, there's no questioning or denying that. And I think that has given us the urgency um, and the political will to get even, you know, members who may be from across the democratic spectrum, right, um, to come together and and vote to pass this really historic piece of legislation. Right. And uh, I mean, there was one study that uh, came out, I think, uh, in last year or the year before uh, from the University of Pennsylvania that, that claimed that uh, if fully uh instituted uh, BPRA could create 51,000 uh, union jobs. Uh, you, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I that's a critical part. The ability to create union jobs and ensuring that our renewable energy sources are built with union labor. Um, I think that's also what sets the Bill Public Renewables Act apart from the current version we see proposed in the executive budget this year by Governor Hochul. Um, you know, in our version of BPRA, we have, um, you know, really robust labor provisions, including prevailing wage, including project labor agreements, seats on the board of trustees for labor, you know, applications for contractors and subcontractors, um, a just transition fund. So all of these really important labor focused, union job focused provisions, whereas in the executive budget this year, or at least in the one that, you know, Governor Hochul has proposed, those labor protections have been gutted. And so all it really does is fund pre-apprenticeship programs, um, but there are no real labor standards for those projects. And even these funds um, are at the whim of trustees. And whereas we guarantee labor having, you know, seat, seat, seats at the table for those conversations, mm -hmm. again, in, in that budget, it, it does not. So, you know, this is also deeply important to call out because it's a fight right now to ensure that we get our version of BPRA in the final budget. Right. And the goal here is to to get BPRA into the state budget agreement, which is due uh, by March 31st, correct? Yep. It is close. <laughs> it's close coming. Lunch time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we can do it because I, you know, having spoken to members um, of our conference and, and just our colleagues, um, in both 
you know, how in both chambers, the assembly and the Senate, I think we want to build with labor. We want to see strong labor protections. And so I'm optimistic about our ability to not only pass this, but to ensure that it's in that budget on March 31st. Right. Now, speaking of, of labor, I mean, while so, there are definitely unions supporting this, uh, the the unions that represent the utility workers uh, that would be most affected by this legislation, uh, they're still on the sidelines. I mean, they're, they're certainly not supporting Governor Hochul's uh, proposal, but they haven't come out in support of the BPRA either. Uh, what do you? Think, yeah. I think I've seen a lot of unions come out and voice support for BPRA, um, but obviously the, what it comes down to is either either way, every union, and especially the unions most affected, want to see more jobs for their workers. They want to see more funding um, for pre-apprenticeship programs, and labor standards are in the best interests of everyone. So, you know, we definitely also haven't had pushback on our end for any of the strong labor language that we've been including. Right, but I I understand one of their main objections is that uh it if they if we expand uh the footprint of of the New York Power Authority and they become public essentially public sector workers they would be covered by the Taylor Law the uh, the draconian law uh, from 1967 that forbids public sector workers to uh, be able to strike in the state of New York. And and they feel like they would lose a lot of their uh, bargaining power as labor unions. Uh, have you had conversations with unions about this? How how do you address that concern? You know, I've been working with a lot of the organizers who wrote this bill, who have been responsible for passing it through. Um, and I would, you know, and even yesterday when, or not yesterday, or this week when, when Senator Parker was arguing um, against Republicans for this bill, you know, we, we called out the importance of labor and having labor standards. So I don't want to speak for any, any union or for any of the organizers who have been having those conversations, but I know that there really has been a concerted effort to to coalition build and that that coalition has still been strong and and there are many unions that would benefit that are in support of this bill and ultimately you know we what we've seen on on the flip side is that we can't trust private companies to give us quality jobs or to do anything that is an other other than maximizing their own profit so you know really there is a alignment in the idea that when we have democratically owned democratically operated um, infrastructure that unions do benefit, workers do benefit, and we're not doing things just to maximize profit, but we're doing things to improve our state, improve our future, protect our our clean air, our, our you know um, our environment, and also to give folks generations of of well paying um, jobs, so that you know we don't have to strike against these evil companies that have been completely exploiting labor for years, including fossil fuel companies. Right, and. Um... So uh, the the state Senate passed uh, the BPRA last year as well, and then it it, it died in the in the state assembly. Uh, Speaker Carl Heastie uh, refused to bring it up for a vote. Uh, what's your sense of how how this could uh, might go differently this year, and that this doesn't end up being just a a one house uh, measure that that dies in the other house? Yeah, I certainly, certainly hear that um, concern because it was really disappointing last year when we were so close to the finish line. We had the votes, but it wasn't brought to the floor in the assembly. And we've learned from that. And 
now that we've gotten gotten it passed through the Senate, the organizing continues to get it passed through the Assembly. And because we've been having this conversation for years now, we're feeling much more optimistic this year. Right. And and one of the things that was really interesting in the debate last year uh, when it made it to the Assembly and, and, and uh, the corporate forces that didn't want this, uh, you know, really uh, surfaced. Uh, one of them was uh, the, the, the the solar uh, power uh, industry. Uh, they lobbied against it uh, because they saw, you know, NIPA as being a powerful competition. And I remember seeing a quote from a lobbyist for the solar power industry saying, you know, if, if this goes public, uh, they're going to be able to do so much more and we won't be able to to keep up with the with the public uh, uh, option here, and we'll be we'll be left behind. I it, I found that revealing about. Um, yeah, I what's think going on says a lot about how they're viewing this. We we're viewing it as a climate crisis that we need to address, and we're not viewing it with the lens of uh, oh boy, this is a threat to my bottom line. <laughs> right. Well. Uh, so last last question, how can uh, people get involved and, and uh, help with this uh, uh, push to get the Build Public Renewables Act uh, enacted in its uh, full glory? I would say now's the time to join us, join in organizing efforts around it. Um, BPRA is now part of a larger suite of bills that um, the Democratic Socialists of America, their New York chapter, but also other organizations like Working Families Party have been a part of, and and that's the Invest in Our New York package, okay. and that that also known as IONI, and that package of bills not only includes the climate bills that we need, but includes essential um, revenue bills that tax the rich, that tax corporations, that ensure that we're increasing our state budget, as we've seen in past years, when we successfully tax, tax the rich, we've been able to um, have a surplus in the budget, and we're expected to have one again this year. So, you know, get involved with the larger coalition. There are many organizations doing the work. You can do. You can go on Ioni's website or uh, DSA's website um, to find out more information. And then the great part about that means is that we're not only fighting for BPRA, but we're also fighting for all of the other things that we need, like fix the MTA, like um, good cause eviction and housing protections, and so much more to that. So that working New Yorkers, all of us, can can not only just survive but truly thrive. Okay, well, we'll leave it there for now. State Senator Kristen Gonzalez, thank you for joining us again on WBAI Radio. Thank you so much for having me, John. Always a pleasure. You bet. Bye-bye.